You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter Outchul. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. This is episode 272. I'm very pleased today to have Peter Alchel with us. Peter, welcome to the program. How are you today? Good afternoon from Columbia, Missouri, where it is, I don't know, 90 degrees and humid and disgusting. So it's still summer here. <laughs> I'd love to hear a weatherman say, it's humid and disgusting out there. <laughs> but that, that's a subject for another day. I do want to thank those people who make it possible for In Perspective to be heard. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer, Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place chat line. Thank you for posting our shows. Our media outlets for airing the program, thank you very, very much. As well as Jacqueline Sylvia, our website designer from JS Web Solutions. She archives in perspective podcasts on my website, which is www.brancoevents.com. Today I want to give out a special thanks to Nancy. She is filling in for Raymond Gay as our host and producer. Thank you very much, Nancy, for taking the time to help us out today. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Merci, Jackie, also. Uh Uh-huh, yes. Our guest for today is an author of a brand-new book called Whispers, Extraordinary, Book One. Feather Chell, or I should say Feather Shell, is her name, and that's her pen name, by the way. Feather, welcome to In Perspective. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This book is about a young girl's struggles through middle school. That is a a blind girl's struggles. And I think most of us will definitely appreciate what this book is all about. Many of us have similar struggles or had them when we were children. And so I think we're going to relate to what Feather refers to. So, so, so Feather, welcome to In Perspective. And my first question is the standard interview question. Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who are you these days? Well, I'm a mom of five and um, live in Arizona, where it is also really humid, strangely. <laughs> it's been getting a lot of rain lately. Yeah, I um, saw that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, and I'm an, uh, I homeschool three of my kiddos. Two are grown now. And um, yeah, and then I write when I find a moment. <laughs> well, if you're homeschooling two, uh, three kids, that's, uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it can be for sure. Yeah, yeah, can be. So tell me what prompted you to, to write this book. What, what, what was the, well, I wanted to write a series about, uh, different struggles that kiddos face in during middle school years, uh, because that was a really tough time for me. And, um, I wanted to, well, I am interviewing uh, different kiddos with different challenges, different disabilities, and um, some dealing with racism and some dealing with um, just different kinds of discrimination. Um, and I thought uh, that I better share my story to start the series off. Um, but it was probably the hardest thing that I've ever written. <laughs> it's very hard to write about about yourself, I think. So... This, this is, this is nonfiction, right? This is, this is not a story per se. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. a, 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 a right. you know, based on your, on your 
what happened to you. Right. Okay. So, um, you obviously are blind. Uh, were, were you born blind or how, how did you lose your sight or was I had cancer, retinoblastoma when I was two is when they discovered it. So, um, and actually two of my daughters had it. Um, my oldest daughter that I adopted had retinoblastoma also and my youngest uh, daughter had it. So we, we've, uh, been around that a lot. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Dealing it, with that. It, it, it's, it's, uh, sure sounds like it. So, so, um, so the book is short. What, what is the age, uh, group? What, what, what's the audience you're aiming for in this book? So I was thinking maybe around fourth or fifth grade through eight and even older. I've had some high school students read it and enjoy it. So. Um, I love getting feedback from kiddos because they're so honest. <laughs> so, and I would assume that the children in the book are going to public school or yes, mainstream that's, school. Yes, that's where I started at public school. Yes. So, what kind of comments for, for, from the from the kids who have read the book have you have you gotten? Um, I've gotten some good comments. I've only had about three or four kiddos read it so far. And um, one of them, she was just wanting more, like she wanted to know what happened before that and after that. And, you know, uh, because it is, a, I think it's about two years are covered in that book. So, um, but yeah, she wanted to know more. And then another one that was really cute, she was saying how she really relates, even though she's not blind, because she's had similar experiences at school. So I think that there's something in there that anyone can relate with. And that was my hope also just to, you know, bring that to the forefront that people who are different, um, you know, have different challenges to overcome. So I am really curious. I mean, the, 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 your book starts in, uh, as you begin, begin middle school. Can you talk a little, uh, I'm curious, just like that, that first kid talked about. Tell me about your education before middle school. What was that like? Well, I was in elementary school and I think it's all about um, children, how curious they are in elementary school. Um, so I would run into kiddos and they'd be like, Oh, you're, what's wrong with you? Why do you have that cane? Why does your eye look like that? You know, like, what do you do with that stick? And then just the silly questions and, Oh, can I touch it? Can, well, they're you know, typical can I... questions that children right. ask us all the time. Exactly. And, and that was fun. I was kind of a spectacle, but it was more, more fun. You know, they wanted to play with things and they wanted to learn they were curious and in middle school it's more like everybody's very concerned about fitting in so <laughs> anyone who sticks out at, at that age is dealing with a lot of social issues and just getting back to your elementary school for for a second talk <laughs> about the teachers right how how how, uh, how supportive were they they were extremely supportive um but again you you with one teacher most of the time and you might have like a music teacher and a PE teacher, which you're kind of with your whole elementary school and everyone gets to know you a lot better. And when you're just going into a class 45 minutes a day, that's a little bit different. And the teachers are seeing so many students that they, they're a little overwhelmed and any extra work to them, you know, can kind of make you feel like a burden sometimes. So Sure. At least. Sure. And, and, um, so and just one other quick question. You talked about your, 
part of what you talk about in the in whispers is your PE experience in junior high, yeah. which was, which was less than uh, stellar, oh. shall we say? <laughs> How was your PE experience in in elementary school? Oh, it was fantastic. I had the neatest coach in elementary school, and you know, I would play dodgeball with everyone and do all you know everything. He would find something that I could do, even playing football. He would have me, you know, be the center and kick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and dodgeball, I would just hide behind him. And then it became a huge game that everyone wanted to strike me out. But it was difficult because I was always holding on to his waist. <laughs> so, I, I think what they really want to do is just strike the coach. I don't think I, yeah. I don't I don't I don't know how much you were involved with that. <laughs> yeah. it's, always, it's always fun to attack the coach as, a, as it, an elementary was, school yeah. person. Right. Yeah. 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 So so when you're in elementary school, you and your parents and your grandparents going to a school for the blind was not on your radar, you know, you were doing yeah, well in, in, in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, so let's, let's talk about the book and I, you know, you're free to say as much or as little as you want about, you know, sure. cause I, we don't want to give the plot away too much, but, <laughs> but it, it, it is a short book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, so, um, you start in, uh, as you said, I think sixth grade, um, yes. uh, the book and, so, so talk about what you were anticipating. You know, you, you did been, I, I think successful in elementary mm-hmm. school. You seem to be pretty happy. What were yeah. you anticipating, um, going in, you know, as, as a student, as a what, 11 year old kid or a 12 year old kid, uh, mm-hmm. go, going into, going into junior high? Well, I was excited. I was nervous. Um, of course, new things are always a little nerve wracking, but, um, I went in a little nervous because my friends were going to different schools and it was a school across town and they wanted all the blind kids to go to the same middle school. So we had to go from across town. Um, and that was a little, um, frightening, I guess, uh, going out of my comfort zone, but I was excited about the classes because I've always been very interested in academics and, um, I was excited to try choir and different electives. I thought that was kind of neat, but it, it ended up that I wasn't able to really pick my electives anyhow because my school system didn't know how to cope with me, um, taking different electives. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I found that really bizarre. Um, it was as, 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 as someone who, you know, who, who was in choir and, and marching band in high school that, mm-hmm. that, that, that your, uh, uh, folks weren't prepared for a blind person when you right. went to, when, when all of the blind kids went to, went to that school. Exactly. That doesn't, Feather, what, t- uh, what town was this in Feather? It was in Abilene, Texas. Abilene. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's so, a small town kind of. <laughs> yeah. But, but do you have any sense of, I mean, it, it, that, that was one of the most puzzling elements of the book. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, yes, you're right. The kids, your the whole world changes as a middle school kid. There's mm-hmm. more thing about conforming and belonging and being right. weird is a problem. And, you know, that's, that's all weird and normal. And I get mm-hmm. that. But do you have any idea as to what, why the teacher seems so ill prepared for, for, right, for, for, know, for another I've, blind kid? I've thought about it as an adult and, Really? Okay. So I only had, there were three of us blind students that went to that school, but the other two had multiple disabilities and Ah. they weren't in like mainstream classes. Mm -hmm. So they weren't prepared for someone who was, 
academically advanced or someone who was interested in taking electives. The other students just kind of took whatever they told them to. Did you say, did you say that they were in mainstream classes, the other two? Um, they were in some mainstream classes, but I, if I remember properly, I think that they had like a teacher's aide with them most of the time. I assume that you were also. Yes, I was in mainstream classes. Okay. But, but you didn't have a teacher's aide with you, right? You just, I mean, no. you, you, had, you had a visually impaired, I'm sorry, a vision teacher that sort of helped right. you. But you, but you went to class on your own. You didn't yes. have any, yeah. You, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So your situation, for lack of a better expression, your situation should not have been as challenging as theirs. Well, I would think not, but they did have, you know, like a teacher's assistant with them. And so they were probably a little less work for the teacher, um, I would say. Well, the, the other thing that occurs to me is that the teacher's aid probably buffered them from what you experienced, right? Right, uh, right. And, and they, prob- so. they, they probably weren't as aware of if what was going on around them as you were. Right. At least it's Good possible. Point. Yeah, it, right. it's possible. So what was going on around you, right? You, you, you know, uh, let's start, let's start with why the title whispers. Well, um, I think, well, it's, it's just the teasing and, you know, people whisper to each other when they see things that are different or they make jokes or they make comments. And, uh, as blind people, we kind of depend on our hearing, uh, a lot more and we learn to use it more. And so I could focus in and, really hear what they were saying even when I didn't want to. <laughs> so, so and and, and what, what was, what was sort of the quality of the whispers? What, what was said? What was the message that you were getting from those whispers? Well, a lot of them were pretty tame, just things like, Oh no, I hope she doesn't run into that. Or, you know, like, uh, different things, but then there were nasty ones about things that I was wearing or things that, uh, Maybe, uh, if I ran into something, they would be laughing and, you know, different, different things like that. Yeah. The, the fashion was sort of a sad thing. Apparently your, <laughs> your, your, uh, you know, your grandparents or whoever, uh, who mm-hmm. raised you at the time weren't especially fashion aware or something. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to be wearing stuff that was like totally out of, out of, it was, seat. it was, it was weird and awkward. That was, that would, yeah, that would have been really it, awkward. That's part of like transitioning, I think, from a little kid into an, an older kid or a preteen is like starting to care about fashion and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, my grandma tried, but <laughs> she was, she was kind of, I mean, I mean, she really set you up for, for some teasing. It seems to me, I mean, she, I'm sure she meant well, but yeah, boy, from, did. you know, your, your fashion, your fashion uh, consultants did not, did not, did no, not uh, bode you well. Great. They weren't great. So, um, so talk about your, the, the classes you took and sort of how were the teachers and how, how did they, uh, how, how did they support you or not support you? Well, and I had always been very close to teachers and always wanted to do extra credit and all the extra, um, projects and things like that. And I wasn't gifted and talented in elementary school. But when I went to middle school, I didn't have a close relationship with any of my teachers other than my vision teacher and my braillist. Um, I was fairly close with them, but all of the other teachers, it was just very, or most of the other teachers, it was just very uh, awkward, I would say. So, so talk about, I, I think it was uh, at the beginning of your second year, I think it was her yeah. English teacher or somebody. 
Uh, yeah. Talk, talk, talk about that particular. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. Oh, expression. That goodness. was just totally humiliating. Uh, <laughs> at least I would have been humiliated if I were in your shoes. So yeah, talk about that. Um, so I, um, my first day of my seventh grade year, um, I had gotten fashion sense over the summer. If I, <laughs> I was kind of, mm, I was not looking forward to the new year, but I was feeling more confident in myself. And, um, so my first day and my first period, which was reading class, my teacher, <laughs> she puts on a simpering voice and she's, you know, oh, we have a very special person with us today, everyone. Can you all say hello? And, you know, she was like, I want to show you around the room. And she just comes and grabs me by the hand and starts dragging me around the room, <laughs> putting my hand on things. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it was probably the most embarrassed I've ever been in my life. Well, I, 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 I have to tell you, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I went to a, I was mainstream throughout my education experience and I was in a private school for the first eight years. Mm-hmm. And then as a freshman in high school, uh, we had an f- assembly for freshmen. And so I was sitting with everybody else and the guidance counselor gets on stage and says, we would like to introduce you to Peter. <laughs> Our new white kid, Peter, would you please stand? I was totally embarrassed. It was awful. But it wasn't as bad as you, you know, at least I- That's a big assembly though. That's a lot more people. It was a big assembly. Yeah, it was a lot of people. Turn around and glare at me. Had this sense, of course. It was, it was really, you know, of all the humiliations that took place as a freshman in high school, that was, I think, the worst for me. I had, I had other problems, but, but that was, that was not, that was not great. So, um, so, um, you're, 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 it, it sounded like from the book, you're doing okay academically. In other words, you were, yes. you, know, you were, you were, you were doing your homework, you were doing your, yeah. but socialization was, was, uh, so we say a challenge. It, yeah, it was a big um, challenge. And, and I don't want to give too much of the book away, but you have it, you, 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 there's a story about a school dance that didn't quite oh. go as well as <laughs> you wanted it to go. There are all kinds mm-hmm. of sort of stories that are sort of, really sort of hard to read in some ways that, you know, yeah. you, you just have to sort of wonder what people are thinking sometimes. People, <laughs> sometimes people mean well and do the wrong thing. And sometimes people right. just don't think. And it's right. one thing if, if kids do it, it's another thing right. if, if, you know, if adults do it and it just, it just sort of really made me wonder, you know, what, what teachers right. do sometimes I'll, I'll let folks sort of uh, read some of those experiences on their own, but yeah. I do, I do want to sort of talk about, um, uh, so, you know, so during your summers, right, you went to a, a school, like, was it a camp or something in a school for the Yeah. Long. So talk about that experience. How was that like for you? Well, it was completely disconcerting at first because, because I had never been in quotes normal before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so being around a, a whole lot of other blind kids, uh, you know, I finally got the experience of being normal and even being popular. So that was, it was a whole different experience and, and in some ways almost as uncomfortable at sometimes because I didn't know how to handle popularity at all or the attention in that way. So that, that was a little bit different. Um, but it was also refreshing to feel like a regular kid, I would say. And so what did you do at the, at the, at these blind school camps? What are the kinds of some of the activities you did? Well, we went all kinds of places and we had, we had classes that were fun, like fun science classes where we did experiments and cooking classes where we 
you know, cooked all different kinds of things and we went on lots of trips, um, you know, the water park and uh, the mall and just a bunch of different places like that. So it, it was a lot of fun. Um, the summer camps were a lot of fun. And it's, and it's, I, it's, it, you mentioned several friends you made at these blind camps that you kept in yeah. touch with during the course of the year. Um, yes. and, and how did you do that at that time? Uh, there was, technology <laughs> wasn't, wasn't quite as hip. Well, so how did it was you, in the nineties and right. my last, my last summer. Oh my goodness. I ran up the biggest phone bill you would ever believe. And my grandma called me when I actually, when I went to the school for the blind and she was like $1,700 on the phone bill. And I was like, what? Wow. Were you on the phone all day? I got in really big trouble for that one. (laughs) That is, that that, that, that takes talent. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I remember how how I was when I was a teenager, I was always, you know, especially when I was, started talking to girls and, and all that right. stuff, you know, yeah, you're always on the phone. It's just exactly. that you, but I was, I was talking locally, so it didn't cost any money yeah. we talking all over, <laughs> all over Texas. Texas yeah, is, that, is a, is, is a big state. It was. Yeah. So what happened yeah. after the $1,700 phone bill? Did you use oh. the phone for a while or what? No, I got in really big trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. I, my grandma actually had to turn her phone off for a couple of months. Oh, I felt so bad. But, oh, that's awful. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know. So, um, and you also had sighted friends in elementary school. You mentioned two of them. Yeah. And, I did. Uh, and so uh, this is a hard question to answer, but I'm curious. If, if the three of you had gone to the same school across town, mm-hmm. do you think, how, how do you think the experiments, experience would have been different? Well, I definitely don't think I would have cared as much about what people were, people were saying because I think I would have been, you know, a little more confident. Um, you usually, feel more confident when you're in a group of people that you know. Right. Um, and you know, you don't stick out so much, or at least you feel like you don't stick out so much. <laughs> and, and it is really true that, you know, you, you really have to, you it, the whole issue of belonging is so important, especially as, as in, and, you know, and that was, I think one of the more unfortunate, there's nothing you could do about it. You know, the, right. it, the system is as it is, but right. you know, it just, it just made your life a little more complicated. So I know we're, we, we, we need to save time for questions. So I want to talk now about your ending, you're in the, toward the end of your second year. Uh, and talk about what happened with your mobility teacher. Well, he and I just never really clicked. We kind of rubbed each other the wrong way from the beginning. <laughs> um, uh, we had opposing personalities. And when I started dressing more cute and wearing sandals and things like that, uh, he was always complaining that, you know, I, I wouldn't wear tennis shoes for and I was a little rebellious, you know, I was just like, I'm going to wear what I want to wear, <laughs> you know? So, a lot of teenagers uh, and I didn't, right. Yep. I didn't want to go on mobility lessons at all because it, it was just such a big deal getting out of class and that whole spectacle. I hated walking out, you know, in the middle of class and everybody looking at me, you know, and whispering, right. And yep. whispering. Yep. They're, they're, they get they're, so they're, mad. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Oh, why do you get to miss class? <laughs> you, know? you mentioned people sort of whispering it when that yeah. happened. The whispers Definitely. came back. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so, so keep, so keep, keep, keep talking about your thing with. And your so we just had a big blow up and it was really, you know, in retrospect that I had so many things coalescing. Uh, 
and so many things that I was trying to suppress and trying to deal with on my own. Uh, and I kind of blew up at him when he told me that I needed to, to wear tennis shoes that time. He said, if I was going to be coming with him, I needed to wear more appropriate clothes is what he said. And more, uh, he was, I think talking about tennis shoes really, but I still wear flip flops to this day. <laughs> did I hear correctly that, did I hear correctly that you missed class when you had mobility? I did. Yeah. They couldn't arrange for you to have it outside of class. See, I was thinking also that it would be better like during PE or something like that, um, which they just had me go to a special PE teacher. And I love the teacher that they brought in, but I was kind of in a, PE class with a, a boy with cerebral palsy and um, some other people with different disabilities. I think there were four of us in that class, but um, we just stayed in the weight room the whole period. So I, you know, I thought that would have been better um, to skip that kind of class, but you I, probably, I don't you know probably, what their scheduling problems are. You, you probably have gotten more exercise at least that way, right? Right, right. The, the PE class. Yeah, that, that I was just on the treadmill most of the time for PE, honestly. So. Well, you know, uh, that's, 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 that's not bad. That's better than a lot <laughs> of blind folks. The hamster on its wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that is better than a lot of uh, blind kids have in, yeah. in mainstream now. At least, at least you got yeah. some exercise out of the deal. You know, it wasn't perfect. Anyway, so, so, uh, you yell at the mobility teacher. What does right. a mobility teacher do? Oh, he was furious and took me to the principal's office, of course. And I didn't curse at him, but I, I was very rude. <laughs> and so what, 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 what was the consequence? So the, the principal, uh, you know, was told what you did. What, what did the principal make, make you do? He gave me in school suspension and I was so happy. <laughs> because so, so we're the most suspended. peaceful three well, days. That, that's what, yeah, but yeah, that's what I found really interesting. Yeah. So, you, so talk about what your suspension was, uh, well, for three days. What, what, talk about your, your, you go and sit in, in an office or they had this big room that was partitioned off into little cubicles basically. And then um, I just got my work and went in there all day and they brought my lunch to me. And I just thought it was a great vacation. <laughs> so, what was the ground? What were the grounds for your suspension? Um, it was because I was rude. I was pretty rude. And she was. If you read the book, yeah. there's, there's no question that that yeah, she, she was, deserved was suspension. Uh, yeah. but, but but that but that's what I found so sad. For most people, suspensions are punishment. For you, right. it was like this is the best three days of the school I've ever had in two years. <laughs> I even did that in at the blind school. It was really funny because they would give us like 24 hour dorm restriction where we couldn't leave the dorm. And I would do something intentionally to get that restriction when I needed to catch up on homework or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be like, I need my, you know, my own time. So I didn't make my bed this morning. You have to put me on restriction. And they would just laugh. And they're like, okay, you're on restriction. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is, that is very funny. So, so th- and this is what I found to be the most interesting part. So you have your three day suspension, the principal, uh, and, and th- so then there's a, there's a, a parent teacher meeting where mm-hmm. you try to figure out, okay, what do we do now? You know, this clearly right. isn't working. And, um, you clearly had thought through what, what you were going to say at this meeting. Mm-hmm. Talk about that process for you, for you. What, what, you know, you clearly weren't happy. How did, right. you, how did you come up with the, the, your, your solution? How did you find the courage to say what you needed to say? Well, it was pretty hard. That was the first parent teacher meeting, or they call them ARD meetings. Um, and that's where they review your IEP and stuff like that. 
for uh, kiddos with disabilities. And so I, that was the first one that I got to attend that I was old enough to actually attend and uh, give my opinion. And so I just prepared, I even made notes, but you know, I prepared myself for a couple of weeks, just psyching myself up. <laughs> and, uh, I, pretty much as soon as I found out that they had a year round school at the school for the blind, after I went to summer school there, I was wanting to go because I wanted to be a part of like, you know, track and cheerleading and, uh, theater and different things that my homeschool district wasn't willing to allow me to join in on. So, so we have the meeting and talk about the meeting. So the, the principal says, you, you know, essentially you're not doing very well. What, what yeah. could you help essentially was the right, question. Right. Right. And, and what, and what, what can we and, do? What can we do? And what did you say? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was hard to bring up, especially I think because my grandma was there and I know, you know, it was a really big sacrifice because when I first brought it up, she was, she was very against it. She was just very, very against it. And, and I can understand why. I mean, I would hate to send my kid off for the year, you know. <laughs> how, 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 how long a drive is it from wherever? It was uh, four to five hours, depending wow. on which relative was driving. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and it just shows how huge Texas is as a state, yeah. right? You know, anyway, so, so, so what did you say at, at, at that meeting? What did you, you know, what did you say? Well, I, they were pretty much set on no. And then I kind of broke down and I don't, as a rule, I don't cry in front of people. I'm a very private person with my emotions. And so when I broke down, it was kind of like, you know, and, and I explained that, you know, I was never going to fit in there and I was never going to be comfortable. Then they all kind of caved and they were like, okay, I think this is the way we need to go. I thought that was one of the most remarkable parts of the book is how you were able, I mean, A, that you had the courage to break down, which, you know, yeah. and B, that they, they realized that that for you was, was, was the better decision. Right. One other, one other thing before, before, um, we, um, uh, I, I, one of the things I found interesting is so the decision is made, you know, you're going to be leaving for the school for the blind next to following academic year. Mm-hmm. And so talk about your last, I don't know, month there. How, how, how are things different as a result of that meeting? It was like a weight had lifted off my shoulders and I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> I didn't care what anyone thought. I didn't, and none of it really bothered me. It was still there, but it was, it was the fact that I had something to look forward to. And I knew that it was only for a short time and it was so much easier. It just flew by. And one of the things that you write about in your book is how you, interacted differently from the whispers. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. I I became a little bit of a smart aleck. <laughs> they would say something and then I would kind of twist it around. That's when uh, my dry humor was born, I would say. Well, I thought it was really effective, right? It, it, yeah, uh, you it know, was. Uh, it yeah, was. It, 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 once, once you started responding, that sort, right. of, that sort of bullying whispering stopped. Right. And I don't honestly think that they understood that I could hear them until then. So, so that probably threw them for a loop as well. They're like, oh. <laughs> what were some of the things they were whispering? Oh, just anything. Uh, you know, uh, if I spilled something on myself at lunch, they would talk about that. Um, they would 
And I only did that, I think, twice my whole, but, you know, they talked about it forever. <laughs> so it would just be little things like um, there was even a boy who would like to put things in my path, like to try to make me trip. So I had to start getting uh, cautious of that. I didn't put that in the book. There were a lot of things that you happened should have been that, you know, obviously that I didn't put in the book. Yeah, I didn't tell tell anyone what was going on really at all. So uh, when my family read the book or when my grandma read the book, she's actually one of my proofreaders. She's so good at uh, proofreading. So I always send her pretty much the first copy. But um, she was she was just amazed because she didn't know any of this until mm-hmm. she read the book. Like she, I never spoke about it. With anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, what, what, what are the comments that I remember, uh, that, uh, that, that they was something along the lines of, boy, she sure could re, she sure could read braille fast. Yeah. If, now <laughs> if she could only, if she could only eat. Right. Or something <laughs> like that. It was like, find her mouth. It was like, <laughs> yeah. What, you know, what, what yeah. kind of a comment is that? You know, and, uh, and I, speaking I, of which, I do want to make a comment about something like that. I know sometimes blind people are asked, how do you find your mouth with your fork? Right. And my answer is, and I've never really said this to people, but it's what I'm thinking. <laughs> who in this who entire world, right. who, who in this entire world can see their own mouth? Right. No one. It's not like you sit and eat in a mirror. So. <laughs> Sighted what, what, people have to find their mouth the same way. What, right, what, exactly. what, 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 a, what a creative idea to eat with a mirror. I'll remember that one. Um, <laughs> interesting possibility yeah, yeah. All right. um so um bob how are we doing for time do we, do we know uh, for questions it is time for participants you are right. listening okay. to in perspective i'm bob branco he's peter alchel our guest is feather shell author of whispers extraordinary book one before we get into the participants part of the program Feather, I just want to ask, where did you get the word extraordinary? Now, is that part of the title or is that an adjective that you used about book one? No, it's the name of this series. Um, because I'm choosing kiddos who are overcoming, uh, different difficulties. I think that all of them are extraordinary in some way, uh, for overcoming and for dealing with all the challenges that they have. So. That's just the name of the series. And, and uh, two quick questions. When is your next book? When do you think your next book might come out? Um, it's going to be next year. Okay. And it's, it's kind of interesting. It's based on my adopted daughter's experiences in middle school, um, mostly being the only black person at her school. Interesting. So, and then one other quick question, the most important question I'm going to ask you all day. How can people find out more information about you and your books? Oh, so I have a website, uh, which Leonora and David set up. It's amazing. Uh, dldbooks.com slash feathershell. And, um, and I'm how do you on spell, Facebook how do you, and Twitter as well. How do you, oh, yes. How do you, how do you spell your, la- your name? Feather, I assume, is Feather, right? Right. F-E-A-T-H-E-R. And shell and is And then the spelled. last name, C-H-E-L-L-E. So uh, dldbooks.com slash feather, C-H-E-L-L-E. Yes, sir. And with that, let us see what questions we might have for other. Nancy, do we have any hands raised? We do. And Calandra, you are first. Calandra. Hi, Calandra. Hello. Hear me? Yes. Yes. Hello. 
first of all, I enjoy your presentation. And it must be a really magnificent life you live. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, outside, what type of books um, do you like writing about? If you if you can write more. Oh, okay. I have. This was actually my seventh book, so I write children's books, but I try to um, kind of fuse entertainment with education. So I'm always trying to educate about something, um, but you know, trying to keep it fun. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. I write about all different kinds of things um, for pretty much any uh, grade level. What, what books are you I reading? So, I mean, do you eventually, are you going to put them on on audio or Yes, I just purchased the equipment to record the audio book. So that's uh, my current project. (laughs) So, So, uh, Calandra Calandra, uh, prompted me to ask a a question, reminded me, what books are you reading now? Am I reading or writing? No, reading. What what books are you reading now? Yeah. Oh. I just finished this amazing book. It was a retelling of War and Peace. Um, oh, wow. But it was like within a fanciful uh, world and it, they were dwarfs. And it was, it was very, very interesting. It was a neat book. Cool. Um, yeah, I read pretty much anything. Uh, that one was fantasy, but the one before that was like suspense and, you know, every genre. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Calandra. Yes, thank uh, you. Uh, uh, who's next, Nancy? Jane. Jane. Yes. Hi. Yes. Oh, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. You, you, you did say Jane, right, Nancy? Yes, Nancy. Ma'am, I Nancy. Sure did. Okay. All right. So I'm always interested to hear people's stories. Um, and I always am looking for when did you determine that the culture needed to change, not just you? When did you? I remember the first time I, with a very cocky answer to a question, put the situation back in the person's hands. It was a rude answer. Well, I didn't think so. It was a little cocky, though. But they needed to face it. Look, I am not at fault here. I'm just at the school dinner dance. You took my food. Yeah. I don't like you for that. You know, (laughs) when are you going to quit being a jerk? Right. And uh, we have, have it to do. And I'm wondering how that worked for you, especially. And I just want to say the whole business of O&M training, I'm deeply grateful that I was uh, able to attend two consecutive summer school programs at the Oregon State School for the Blind when instructors in training and their attendings came out to Oregon in a pilot program, and we had hours of uninterrupted training. And I think that O&M training in, within the school districts 
is usually at inconvenient times and never right. long enough right. to give shots. So I just, um, anyway, I'm interested <laughs> to have you answer my first question. When did you get sassy back? Say, Stop it, you jackass partner. <laughs> I Whatever you I, said. All right. It was when I had an escape. Uh, so I knew that I wasn't going to have to, uh, continue to face them on a daily basis. I don't know how long it would have taken me otherwise. Um, but at that point, I, I really just didn't care anymore. I, and I think that's the secret, right? Jane mm-hmm. and, and, uh, Feather, you know, sometimes you just have to come to the conclusion that your self-respect or your whatever word you want to use is more important than fitting in. Right. Yes. It's one, it's one of the paradoxes of, of this kind of thing. You know, right. uh, once you don't care about fitting in so much, then all of a sudden you can say things that need to be said. And right. maybe, maybe you won't say them perfectly, but, but. And especially, you know. especially Feather, when you deal with the whispers, right. I remember the thing used to, uh, just distress me all around. Yeah. Was silences when people, yeah. I thought, man, it, I am sure that if I could see your expression, I'd be wishing right. you dead or something. Or or they're pointing or doing, you know. <laughs> so to really work yeah. for me with my family and understanding all the potential nonverbals. And it right. was my oldest brother that taught me how to wink. Oh, I loved it. Oh, cool. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that needed to be taught. Oh, I thought we oh, do that does. automatically. No, there, there's, <laughs> a, there's a special winking skill, which I don't quite know how to do probably, but we, we blind people don't learn that stuff. We don't see That's it. That's right. So we yeah. don't do it. Yeah. And right. you know, we scrunch whole, up our faces and yeah, we sort of, we, we, we miss that stuff unless we have somebody who shows us how to do things like that. We miss it. Um, yep. so anyway, thank All you. Right. Thank you yes. so much. Before we continue, for those people who are not into initials, O and M stands for orientation and mobility. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Feather Nancy. Uh, thank you, Bob. And thank you, Jane. Mm-hmm. And who's next, Nancy? All right. We have. Two Anns with their hand up, and the first one is Ann Chipetta. 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 That's me. Hey, Annie. Hey, hey, hey Peter. Hey, Bob. Hey, hey. Feather. Hey. I'm, I'm, when I saw you were going to be on In Perspective, I got really excited. Um, oh, I, I want to say I think you're an extraordinary writer. I think you. You, you, your ideas and your context and the sense of empathy and your talent is is just is, I can't say more more. Um everything oh, that I've read you. that you know that you've written, I've just come away with this wow. Yeah, and I wish you all the best in your future and you know I keep reading your work. Um that means so much coming from you because you're oh. very talented as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um and I yeah, and I just wanted to say, um, I just wanted to actually, uh, where do you get your ideas and how do they develop? Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. I get them in the weirdest places and then I have, <laughs> I have thousands of pieces of braille paper with just random jotted ideas. <laughs> I just recently tried to organize all of them and I have like, I bought a pack of 25 you know, uh, hanging folders to organize them into. And I just did one for each book idea and I need 25 more already. Oh so. my goodness. <laughs> I'm the same so way. Exciting. I have a word document that has like, like, like 
so much stuff, like one-liners, right. like what right. if blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah happened? Like right. that could be a story. <laughs> it could, yes. Oh, that's, that's wonderful to hear. That means there's so much more that's, that you're going to write about. And, um, as a reader, I love to hear that. So, well, and, and, and I think you're, I think the whole series idea, the extraordinary mm-hmm. is such, it's such a good idea, especially now, right? When, when we have. Yes. We're having such issues with diversity, inclusion, and equity. Right. It, you know, uh, um, because you're, uh, Annie's right. The, the writing is terrific. Uh, it's, right. it's, it's, it's readable. You. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's out there. I mean, it's actually powerful. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's simply, it's written very simply, of course, for that audience. You know, you right. don't use too many big words. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get shy. That was hard for me. At yeah. First. <laughs> Yes. If you've read any of my other writing, I do have mm-hmm. a lot of big words sometimes. So, yeah, that was a little uh, difficult. But uh, join join the crowd, right? I did the same thing. <laughs> th- th- thank you, Annie. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Now, the other Anne. Who, uh, who's the other Anne? Anne Harrison. Oh, Anne Harrison. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hey. Hey. hey how are Anne? You? Good. Hey, Peter. Hey, Anne. Um, how are you? Good. Um. Well couple of questions that I like to ask folks on my show and I'm going to ask it over here if I don't, if you don't mind. First of all, what inspired you to become a writer? Second of all, do you have any tips for new writers? And I know I'm throwing three questions at once, but there's <laughs> okay. only so much time. Um, are you planning on getting your books on Bookshare? Oh, yes. Um, so your first question, I've been writing since I learned how to read. Um, and I used to use my grandma's old typewriter, actually. And I would just write poetry and different things and always writing stories. And, you know, uh, I published a book or self-published a book when I was in fourth grade. I had a great vision teacher that um, helped me make a book out of all my poetry. And uh, so I did three of those when I was in school. But those were a lot of fun. Um, and then... Uh, I guess during COVID, because I've always, I've had several stories written and things, but I just never had time with everything that I was doing. But during COVID, I finally had enough me time that I could focus on that. And I've really been trying to work on that career since then. So, um, And Bookshare? Bookshare. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to get my books on Bookshare and also on Bard. Um, but with Bard, the way that it works, people have to, or enough people have to request your work to be put there. So uh, anyone who wants to request it, that would be a big help. <laughs> and Lily said you also have to have two editorial reviews because I tried to get my poetry yes. on Bard. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah, and I haven't heard from the um, Perkins. I'm actually in the process of getting my first editorial reviews, so that's good. But they are very expensive. Oh, I bet they are. Um, and I may be, and, and tips was another thing I asked, but I That's may right. be contacting you out off this call because okay. I also run a podcast and I'd like to have you oh, on, nice. on the show too. So I would love to. Mm-hmm. So, so talk about tips for, for new writers. Okay. What, 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 uh, yeah, what two or three things might you recommend? That so new writers I've learned it's been the school of hard knocks. I thought that <laughs> publishing it, <laughs> I thought that publishing it was going to be the biggest obstacle, but it turns out that marketing is what I struggle mm-hmm. with the most. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard, but um I've learned some tips and I think uh, planning your launch is very important. And if you can just get a list of people who are willing to read it and post a review for you as soon as it comes out. And um, if you plan your launch that way, 
then this book, Whispers, has actually been in the top 100 in all three categories that it's in since it came out. So uh, that was a pretty big accomplishment this time around. Um, and there are also, it's really cheap to, it depends on your genre, but you can uh, schedule a free promo or a bargain promo. Um, and then there are tons of promo sites that you can pay in between 10 and maybe $80 Ooh. and they will, they will send uh, your promo out in their email to their huge email list. And I, I did this with my first book stranded and I got 7,000 downloads in two days for a free promo. So that was really good. Um, mm. it, it gets your work out there. You don't really make much money. I mean, you can on the bargain ones, you can make a little bit of money, but, um, but if you do a free promo, it at least gets your, your name out there and starts getting your work seen. Okay. So th- thank you, Annie. And I just want to mm-hmm. comment that, um, there are, I think two of, two of your poems in, 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 in the book that I guess you'd written around that oh, yeah. the book came out. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, you, you get a sample of, of, Two of her, uh, two of Feather's poems in the book, which, which, uh, which yeah, is nice. very early days. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, but that's, you know, that's, that's part of the deal. You, you people right. can sort of see what you're thinking about and, but how you're, how yeah. you're interacting with words. Cause you know, that's, that's part of your story, I think. Yes, um, definitely. So, yeah. Uh, Nancy. We have one more hand and okay. that is area code number 414 and DM878. Go ahead and unmute. Thank you. Hi, this is Alice. And hi, I was pleased to read your book last night. Thanks to Peter's email about your book, and also thanks to the good old Echo Dot. (laughs) I love that. She's uh, she's smart, isn't she? (laughs) (laughs) And I do have a, a question. In your book, you mentioned how when you were young, how it just enthralled you were with the ocean, this yes. one experience. And I remember that on the writer's party line of Behind Our Eyes, you have shared on the writer's party line email list uh, mm-hmm. some of the chapters from your book. That well, yes, is the one I'm writing now, yes. <laughs> could you talk about that a little bit? Because sure. I thought that the chapters were just wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, marine biology is one of my biggest, um, uh, loves, I would say. So, uh, my first book that I published, it was the first chapter book I ever wrote. Um, and it's about children who ride dolphins and rescue animals that are in distress. So, um, like in the first book, there's a group of pilot whales, a pod of pilot whales that strand uh, they get sick and then they're attacked by sharks and they kind of are stranded on the beach and our heroes come in and save them. And then the heroes are actually my, my children. <laughs> uh, so plus one. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun, uh, that they get to be super heroes and have powers. Um, and I'm currently writing the second one, but it's taken me a very long time, <laughs> but it's about, um, humpback whale that gets entangled in fishing gear. I, I, I find it ironic that you live in Arizona, which last I checked is not, <laughs> is not, is not at, 
marine <laughs> life is not an important part of Arizona. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we just got here, but you know, living in Arizona, I'm actually closer to the beach than I was in Texas because, because I lived about seven to eight hours from the coast in Texas and we can get to San Diego in about five hours. Oh, okay. So. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> I guess that's an improvement, right? Yeah. It's a little yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. A little better. <laughs> Getting yeah. closer. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you, Alice. Yes, thank um, you. Uh, Nancy, I know you said that was the last hand. Has there been a hand raised since then? No, sir. Okay. So um, in, in the uh, – let's, let's talk about sort of the rest of your, your academic life, as it were. So you, you go to a school for the blind and mm-hmm. talk about your experience there. How is, how is it different from, uh, you know, your mainstream experience? Well – it was incredible for my eighth grade year. Um, I, I was involved in tons of extracurricular activities and I uh, ended up being co-captain of the cheerleading squad in eighth grade, which was nice. That was fun. Um, just had a, had a great time. Um, they couldn't keep up with me academically. <laughs> uh, so my freshman year, I, I took five out of eight classes at the public uh, high school in Austin. So um, I ended up still having to deal with public school, but um, I was a little more confident in myself at that point. And I wasn't very outgoing still at the public school, but I was able to get, you know, to get through it with not much struggle. Yeah. So talk about the difference, right? So you, you're taking honors courses at the, at the local high school and Austin is, is, is a big city. You know, we're not talking right. about, you know, a, a neighborhood high school. How was that? How was that different from oh. you'd had, you'd had that year experience at school for the blind where, where you got, you know, your confidence it, got restored, right? Among other it, things. It was. So how, it was how, terrifying. How, <laughs> it was so big. That high school was humongous. And the first day I had, I was using my cane and I was just using, you know, like the touch technique mm-hmm. walking down the hall and <laughs> I walked behind a guy that I didn't notice he was there. The halls were so noisy and whatever. And I brought my cane up between his legs on accident <laughs> oh, okay. and and he started yelling, Oh my gosh, ouch. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> that was very uh, embarrassing. But uh, you know, other than a few situations like that, it was fine. Who are raising cane. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so, so, uh, so, you, 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 were there whispers, or were there? Uh, there how, were. How did you sort but, of deal deal with with that sort of stuff? Uh, you know, in 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 your high school experience. In my high school experience, and I, I don't know if it's because kids kind of mature a little bit more, or uh, there weren't as many whispers. It was more like the silences, like Jane mentioned. Um, the awkward silences where people would not know what to say or what to do. And I, I still encounter that as an adult, you know, with other adults, um, going new places, but it's, you know, it's just something that we learn to deal with as blind people. Um, and you just can't let it get to you, you know, because and, and people how did, are just ignorant. They're not, they're not intentionally mean most of the time. How did you learn to adjust to that? I mean, the silences are a major issue, but you obviously, I'm guessing you, you, you sort of figured, figured out how to incorporate that into your. Right. Into I your think it was more that, you know, I, I knew that I had a good su- support system and uh, 
huge group of friends and I didn't need uh, their validation anymore or I wasn't seeking it. I never needed it, but I didn't know that at mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was just that kind of growth. Did you make any, any, any sighted friends when you were at, at, at high school? I did. So, uh, I went to the school for the blind for three years, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Um, but I had taken a lot of advanced honors courses and clipped out of some classes. And the school for the blind would not allow me to graduate early. So I went back to my public school, um, so that I could graduate my junior year. Um, and it was a smaller school. Um, my mom had moved to a tiny town of like, I don't know, I can't think how many people they have in that town, maybe 6,000, a very, very small town. Um, yeah, one minute left, folks. Okay. And uh, I graduated from that school and I made several friends at that school. So it, it was a smaller setting, more intimate, I guess. And then presumably, we, we don't have time to go into this, but presumably you went to college afterwards? Yes, okay. I did. And, so there uh, one more time for the uh, mm-hmm. website for your book in case people want to purchase it. Oh, yes. It is um, www.dldbooks slash feathershell, F-E-A-T-H-E-R-C-H-E-L-L-E. It's uh, dldbooks.com right. slash feathershell. Yes. All right, Featherwell, great job, and I hope Thank that you. your book uh, benefits a lot of people and that they enjoy it, and I hope you get more buyers for it. Thank you. Certainly a lot of us, as I said at the outset, a lot of us relate to those experiences. Right. And uh, not that it makes you feel much better to know that, but at least your story might be shared by others. And I look forward to seeing the uh, other books in that series that you're going to write. I think think they have potential for being really, really interesting and useful. Right. Next week on In Perspective, we're going to have back again Donna Jordan. She is going to be talking about Canada and how she is a government consultant. So that ought to be a fun program. Peter, thank you very much. And Nancy, I want to thank you especially for filling in for Raymond as our producer today. Take care, everybody, and go safe with God's abundant blessings. Bye for now.